Today's gospel has a few points that are very strong. First is that obvious one. If any man comes to me without hating his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life too, he cannot be my disciple. Very strong. And what is Christ telling us here? I uh, want to say that every yes demands a no. You may have heard me say that before, but it's important to say it many times. Every yes demands a no. A good example that I usually will bring up is that when a man chooses to marry this woman, it means he's saying no to marry every other woman. If you're choosing this road, you're choosing not that road. It's a practical, common-sense point. And it seems that today, we're afraid of clarity. We're afraid of clarity. But the problem is, if you don't choose that one thing that is worth it, then your life may also not be worth it. I'll repeat that. That if you don't choose that one thing which is worth it, because you're afraid of clarity afraid of saying no to anything, then maybe your whole life will be not worth it. What gives life meaning is the other person. What gives life meaning is ultimately our Lord, is God and the encounter with Him. And so, when looking at these parables and looking at these words of Christ, when He says, If you're not willing to hate your father and your mother, your brothers and sisters, your children, and even your own life, you're not worthy of me. He's being being very concrete. He's using his own language, that of Aramaic, to express the fact that there needs to be a very clear order in our life. That God is first and everything else is second. And it's not to say that these people are could be completely abandoned and neglected. But it is to say that there is a first. I remember at my, the point of my conversion, I was just turning 19. I was at 19 and two weeks or something like that. So it's very young. Very, very young. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. It hit me like a ton. There's so many details to share about that. But it was this incredible flame in me to figure out who God is. I remember about seven months after my conversion, I went to a university called Steubenville. And there they have what they call the FOPs. The festivals of praise. It's very charismatic. And I remember getting so caught up in it that I was like a flame dancing in the wind. You know? I, I remember it very concrete. Uh, people commenting on, on me after. <laughs> uh, it was funny part about it is I wasn't too embarrassed. It takes a lot to get me embarrassed, actually. It takes me a lot to get me embarrassed. 
I wasn't too embarrassed about it. I was so caught up in the love of our Lord for me and for everyone, really, that I couldn't help it. I had but dance in the wind, you know? Dance like a flame in the wind. Go on. <laughs> uh, it, we can't forget that the reason why one chooses to put something first is because it's beautiful. We can't forget that the reason why we choose our Lord is because of that flame that has touched us within. And without that touch, without that touch of flame in your life, it's very hard to see why one would say, I'm going to put everything else in order relative to this. I'm going to put God first and His love first in my life. We have to be able to see how amazing, how awe-full, meaning full of awe, how incredible the Lord is. We have to be able to see how beautiful His love and the fire of His love is. For us to be able to say, Mom, Dad, husband, wife. I love God first. I remember a few beautiful cases of uh, a young man, young men or young women, who are newly married. <laughs> Thinking of one in particular who uh, just really discovered the Lord too, you know? And that flame within. And after about six months of living entirely for the Lord day in and day out, the wife was starting to get jealous, getting jealous of God. Had this one case in particular, he turned to her and said, but honey, don't you know that if I get closer to God, that means I'm only going to love more, which means I'm only going to love you more. And you see, he hit the nail on the head. And I think that's a very important point. That is not exclusive, right? It's not an exclusive thing. Because I tell you, for me, the more I dance like a flame in the wind before the love of the Lord, the more my heart grows for love of you. The two are not mutually exclusive. And it's not what Christ is getting at. It's a very important point, though, to see that when I put Christ first, other things do become second, but not secondary. They do become second. For if we don't make things clear in life, like I had already said, then nothing is clear, and you don't live for anything. If you're married, you're married. If you give your heart to God, your heart is given to God. And there's things that we have to do in order to discover that. Uh, I know in my life, after my conversion, I didn't immediately think of the priesthood. I wasn't at all ready for that. There's two other parts to this this passage, and it's basically two parables saying, 
you have to be able to sit down and figure out if you're ready to do it. And the first one is the tower, and the second one is the army. Are you capable of defending this love? Are you capable of getting the materials together in your life to defend this love? Of building that tower? Because you can't just say, God will take care of me. It's like that uh, cheesy story that we've said since long before I was born about the flood. When the flood comes, remember that one? The flood comes and the door, coming right up the door and the car comes by and they say, jump in. And the lady says, no, no, God will save me. She ends up, get the boat coming and then the helicopter coming and doing the same. No, no, God will save me. She dies and goes to heaven and God says, why didn't you get in my boat? Why didn't you get into my helicopter? Similarly, we do have to honestly sit down and think about what it takes to engage. And I remember simple things like I knew I had to give up a lot in my life. I wanted to be married still. That wasn't one thing I was going to give up at that point. But I did want to give up everything bad. I did want to give up everything hippie, if you know that term. And then there's parts of hippiness, like Bob Marley, that I more or less wasn't sure about giving up. You know, so I left those ones to the last times. And then I even said to myself, even somewhat good things, not terribly bad, things like Bob Marley, I may even want to give that up too. And then finally, I had to calculate, you know, because if I had given up chain smoking right away, it would have been too much for me. So I put that off. Smoking a pack and a half a day, I didn't want to have to deal with that. I want to concentrate on the the core things, like getting my life in gear. And I prayed for that one too. Sitting down and calculating. I prayed for that, that desire for six months to a year. For even the desire to quit smoking. And one day I woke up and I didn't want to smoke anymore. After having smoked for about eight years and much of the time over a pack. And and I had no problem. For the first time, I didn't even have the shakes. I took it as a gift from Mary. Because I had prayed to her so much. But that's sitting down and taking seriously this engagement to follow Christ is necessary for everybody. Starting with what we can do. What can we do? And working slowly and patiently to the things that are harder. I saved that one for the last. That's for sure. But there's another aspect too. That is the offensive. How to get defensively everything out of my life. I had to also start to attack. And we all do. We have to attack those things that we put before God. We have to concretely attack. How are we going to gather together our army and situate it against the army of the enemy? 
How are we going to attack the evils in our family? How are we going to attack the evils in our own heart and in our own life? And so for that, fa- that family, that, that husband who had said that to his wife and who fell madly in love, it took, her, it took his wife about, I don't know, about six years, six years, seven years, before she too had that flame. But he never pressured her. It, but she began to see that it was true. The love that he had for God helped him to be so much more delicate, so much more attentive, and so much more given to her. And it was that witness that passed on the flame. It wasn't any kind of pressure, but it was being real, being clear, being loving, being true. And so, in the end, in order to live as a disciple of Christ, to have that flame and to let it grow so that you too might dance in the wind, you have to say yes. And in order to say yes, you also have to say no. And in saying no, You have to protect that flame. You have to let that flame grow. You have to fight off everything that is evil in your life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.